I had the most random and unexpected guest this weekend. So let's talk about it. So this weekend, I kind of stepped out of my norm and I was actually being very social (laughs) and I had two friends of mine come up. I had one of my really good friends, Brian, come up on Saturday and my longtime best friend, Brittany, came up on Sunday. Right. And in usual fashion, all we did was sit around and talk for about six hours, catching up on everything. Yeah, yeah, it always is. So after Brittany had left on Sunday, I decided, you know what, the humidity has kind of died down. Maybe I'll go outside and tend to some of the flowers (laughs) that were sitting around in my flower box. So responsible of you. Very responsible, very adult. So as I'm tending to the little flowers, two little girls who happen to live next door come over to me interesting and they strike up a conversation (laughs) yeah I mean no one's really talked to me since I moved into this place in the beginning of June so I've just kind of not kept my head down but I haven't really interacted with any of my neighbors right I mean I don't blame you on that I rarely ever interact with any of my neighbors I mean Brad does but I tend to kind of just keep my distance you know do the little friendly head nod that's about all you're gonna get out of me Exactly. We're kind of introverted extroverts anyway. So I mean, unless you're in my circle, I don't really know what to say to you. Exactly. Same. (laughs) Small talk is not my thing. No, not at all. But even beyond that, my neighbors directly beside me, they're not exactly the most reputable (laughs) people, I think. No, I wouldn't say that. I've had my suspicions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The house next door to us, it appears to be a house that's being rented out in three separate units and two of the units are fine. I mean, they're just regular people, but the bottom unit has a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) To say the least. Uh, To say the least. (laughs) A lot of visitors at all hours of the day and the night and any type of character you can imagine kind of waltzes in and out or rolls in and out on a bicycle (laughs) yeah literally rolling in and out on wheels yeah Uh, sometimes wheelchairs like it's just all kinds of all kinds (laughs) of every character you could imagine exactly so uh just seeing the number of people who have come in and out it's kind of caused me to believe that maybe they're you know Involved in some shady business, let's say, over next door. Mm -hmm. So I've really tried to keep my head down and not really pay any attention to it because I don't want to be involved and I'm just trying to, you know, tend to my garden outside. I don't really want to step on any toes. Yeah. Exactly. I'm minding my own. (laughs) But on Sunday, I was out minding my own and the two little girls who live in the two good units came over to my door and said, those are really beautiful flowers. And I was like, thanks. Yeah, that's so sweet. I'm not a gardener. (laughs) I have like whatever an anti-green thumb is. I have that. I'm just not good with keeping plants. Mind you, you've never really tried. This is like your first real go of it. So you never know. This is true too. So I've been paying extra attention to my little flowers that I've got going on. I'm really trying to keep them alive. So I was very flattered by little girls commenting on them. Uh, anyways, so they must have noticed at some point that my cat it just sits at the door and screams at me <laughs> while I'm tending to the flowers. 
flower box. <gasps> He's Briggs, so of mouthy. Because he wants attention. Yeah. So right after they mentioned the flower box, they said, do you have a cat? And I said, I actually have two cats. My two boys. I have Beanie and I have Briggs. So they said to me, well, can we pet your cat? And I mean, <laughs> I don't really know how to behave around kids. So... <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I love my cats. I don't see why you wouldn't love my cats. Like, let's go into why my house wouldn't and you want I'll to let pet you my play cats. with them for a minute. <laughs> exactly. So I let these little girls into my house uh, for the first time. And I brought down my cats and I introduced them to the two little girls. They introduced themselves to me as Jade, who's 11, and Bellica, who's 10. Mm -hmm. Beautiful names. Very beautiful. Very, very lovely girls. Anyway, in the middle of us playing around with the kitties, Brayden comes home with his hands full of, you know, <laughs> I can just crap picture from his Lowe's face. that he just bought. <laughs> yeah, it was a little shocked. He's like, what have you done with the neighbor's children? Like, why are they in our house? Who are these right kids? Now. Why did you kidnap them? Where did they come exactly. from? <laughs> so he plays it really cool. And he's like, oh, hi, girls. You know, welcome to our home. And I'm like, yeah, Tread I just lightly. brought them over. Yeah, to like, be careful. Like, why do you have children in the house? Not our children. We don't have children. Well, you can't really be like, what the heck are these kids doing in this house? You know what I mean? And freak out because then he's going to startle them. So, you know, you got to tread lightly in that kind of scenario. Right. So we're being friendly and polite. So I said, oh, the little girls just wanted to come over and see the cats. So I thought, no harm done. And he's like, okay, cool. Have a good time. <laughs> and went off about his business. But I was like, okay, thinking in my head, like if I were your parents, I'd want to know where you are. You're just in a stranger's house, right. really. And because it's not like they, they don't really know me. you either because you just moved in as well. No, they don't know me at all. So I'm thinking like, better not have your parents just catch you in my house. <laughs> like, like who is this creepy, creepy woman? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay, girls, like, you know, I think the cats have had enough. Like, let's go outside. So we went outside and they were so talkative and they just wanted to catch my ear about everything so they were like can we see your backyard and I said sure why not mm -hmm. so I took them to the backyard and we made a little brief conversation about the patio and all the work we've done taking down trees and stuff like that and then right away they said to me um do you know anybody who lives in the basement apartment interesting and I said no I don't know anyone really who lives in that house right. you know uh you girls are really the first ones to say hi to me so they said, well, we don't really like the people downstairs because they let all kinds of crazy people come over. Like they have homeless people come into their house all the Ooh, time. Interesting that they know that and like are able to decipher the difference between who actually belongs there and who is kind of a coming and going. Or even just to recognize what a homeless person lo looks like or behaves right. like. I don't know. Right. So they said, you know, they have tons of people there we're not even totally sure who lives there so I'm just trying to keep things light and breezy and I said I don't really know who lives there either you know but as long as they're nice to you and you feel safe that's what matters and they said yeah we do feel safe most of the time but right now our parents are really mad at them because the people who live downstairs took our bikes stripped them for parts oh gosh, and now they're horrible. gone these girls told me they were 10 and 11 I can't 11. imagine like they're these little 
little girls who live in your building and you're going to take their bikes? Like, how ruthless. No, I just don't even understand why someone would do that. They go on to tell me that, you know, they try not to talk to them, but some of the people are really nice. The one little girl, Bellica, says, you know, one of the guys gave me a freezy one time and it was awesome. Trying to just keep things light. I said, mm-hmm. well, again, as long as you guys think that they're nice and you're nice to them and you feel safe, then that's what matters. But inside my heart was kind of breaking because I have my own suspicions about the neighbors. And within this five minute interaction I had with these little girls, they were already expressing to me that they were very well aware that there was something kind of shady happening in that basement apartment. I mean, like growing up in Grenadier, when we were younger, we were really sociable as kids too, right? Like we would be running around your neighborhood. All of the adults and everything were really involved in what we were doing and kind of like a neighborhood mm-hmm. watch in a sense. So I get why these kids were coming up to you and kind of felt so like open and friendly to say something. And I don't know, I think uh, in a certain way, adults kind of forget that kids are so aware and like we just think they're so young and that they don't know what's going on. But a lot of the times like they see a lot more than we actually think. I mean, they really are little sponges. They say that the first seven years of any child's life is referred to as the sensitive period because they are literally absorbing every little ounce of information that gets processed and interpreting that. And those can have long lasting effects on who they are as people when they grow up. Right. And not only that, I think kids are very like aware of vibes, Mm -hmm. you know, like they can really pick up on what adults are feeling and they know when you're upset and they know when something's going wrong so they easily kind of transfer your feelings over onto themselves and kind of can pick up on a situation just based off right. of that I alone. I mean even the two little girls across the the way I mean just next door I was gonna say across the street but they're just next door they were saying our parents are really mad at the the people who live in the basement downstairs because they tore apart our bikes so they're feeling that anger or that frustration from their parents towards those people in the basement and even if they don't know the specifics or the nitty-gritty about what those people are doing they know that they're bad people And they're already on alert. And it's just so disheartening to hear that two very lovely little girls are already so exposed to such a dark part of life. Right. Because like you said, like they're just so aware at such a young age and to know like what's going on, even to know what Mm -hmm. a homeless person is and to differentiate between a homeless person and somebody who isn't, you know, like that is already beyond their years for that age. And it's just like a little bit shocking sometimes and a little bit of a reality check at the same time as well sad in another way because I think you and I and our brother were very fortunate to grow up in the kind of snow globe world of Grenadier that we did. I mean, we really did have a not privileged childhood, but we were privileged in other ways in the sense that we had kids on the street that we played with. We got to go out and use our imagination and just 
play make-believe all day long out there with her bare feet (laughs) in the grass. I mean, I wasn't thinking about weird neighbors. Yeah, I feel like we were a lot more free. Yeah, exactly. We were a lot more free back then. You weren't so concerned about, you know, the creepy guy next door or something like that because everybody was kind of like looking Mm -hmm. out for each other. It was kind of a different time, really. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago, but it really does feel like a different time in a sense because you were a lot more free as a child. Like I remember walking down the street to the park by ourselves when we were like five years old. Like we were really, really young and we'd be walking by ourselves and nobody thought anything different. We were just told be home by the time the street I mean, lights were on. We had a lot on. of free reign aside from that one rule, be home by the time the street lights come on or at least let us know where you're going. Yeah, we had to let them know where we were going. There was a couple times where we messed up and we went to uh, the, plaza. the plaza because there was a plaza right behind us and we forgot to let our parents know. I mean, we spent a lot of time there, you know, and there were all kinds of stores and other just places. I mean, that's the public library that we used to go to all the time. There was that video store, Gone Hollywood or something, that doesn't exist anymore because there's no movie stores No, but it was awesome because they used to play a whole bunch of the classic like Disney movies and everything and they had those little like foamy chairs that had like Barney and stuff on the back of them, you know, like Elmo and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And you could just sit on those chairs and watch the movies all day long and that's what we would do sometimes honestly even the variety store there was Jim's variety we used to go to there and try to sneakily <laughs> read the comic books because if she caught you reading more than five you had pages, to buy it she would say you have to buy that it's <laughs> yeah. where we bought our fake Pokemon cards yeah, from. yeah do you know what I mean like our lives were very different than I think young kids get to experience today and like I said it was a very brief interaction with these little girls and I'm essentially a stranger to them right and for them to be so forthcoming about what they're witnessing what they're feeling about the people that they're living with it was really hard to hear honestly and it made me wonder are the youth of today really exposed to so much more than we were I mean do you think it's harder to be a child in the young generation than it was for us growing up I think in some ways it is harder to be a child just because they're so bogged down, I guess, that you could say by like so Mm. many different sources and like internet in its own like you see so many kids nowadays and they're running around with their they're not running around they're sitting down and they're playing with their iPads you know what I mean like they're indoors they're playing video games they're on their computers they want to be on their parents cell phones when they're out in the store you know what I mean like they're not like really present or free they're a little bogged down by those kind of things so I think in that sense it's very different I mean we grew up with the internet but it wasn't so portable and with us everywhere so and I think no that makes it so different internet on Windows 95 from an old computer dad brought home from work I mean it wasn't like you said as accessible as it is today we didn't have that information overload. We had accessibility to information, but you had to really go out and seek it in order to get it. Right. And I think just because they're able to access these things so easily, it makes it even more, I don't know, susceptible to seeing things that they probably shouldn't or being more aware of things that they shouldn't you know you can only monitor kids and parental control so much you know like Mm -hmm. a lot of kids are a lot more advanced when it comes to some of these technologies than their parents are and are able to get around these things as well and you can't be over your kids watching 
what they're doing 24 seven. So I think every once in a while, they probably do stumble upon something that they shouldn't have, you know, I totally agree. I mean, even just the savviness with technology, it's very funny, because I mean, I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but I'm certainly knowledgeable about what I'm doing. Well, think about the things we saw even when we were younger. I mean, like yeah. you discovered Santa wasn't real. Like you said, like we wa- I researched, researched a lot of like <laughs> occult, like witchcraft kind of stuff, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. sure our parents wouldn't have been thrilled about that. You know, like there's a lot of things that kids can stumble upon on the internet because they just have access to anything on there. But I think there is a difference in terms of how we grew up and how post Millennials are growing Mm -hmm. up because for us, you had to seek the information out. So you already had to be curious or you needed a question to type into a search engine. Meanwhile, children of today are being inundated and just blasted with information from all different sources. It's so hard to keep putting blocks on things because even when you have like a kid's version of something, Mm -hmm. there's always the potential for something slipping through. Yeah, something getting through the cracks that you didn't necessarily want your kids exposed to. It's so hard, like you said, to prevent things like that. Like, I mean, even on YouTube and things like that, like you're just like thrown so much information and so many different types of videos and things like that. Like at a certain point, you can only control it so much because it's kind of so out of control. Right. And unless you actually sit through the entire video that you're about to let your child watch, you don't actually know the content that they're being delivered. There's no way for you to monitor it unless you are literally screening everything before your kid ever gets to it. But I don't think it was that way with us. I mean, you and I are technically considered part of the millennial generation, right? which is anyone born from 1981 to 1996. I mean, that is a huge range. I was just going to say that too. Like everybody thinks millennials mean you were born in the 2000s and we get lumped in with such a wide variety of like generations. Like how can you even like consider us all to be the same when we all grew up so differently from one another? There are millennials, which are 1981 to 1996. And then the post-millennials, which are anyone born from 1997 to present. I think those are two totally different cohorts of people. You can't say that we all behave the same because even, you know, you and I have cousins who are technically within that next cohort of post-millennial. And I love them and I'd like to think I relate to them, but I don't think I really do. I mean, our upbringings were completely different. Our viewpoints are totally different. Right. I mean, of course we relate to them in some sense because we're family. So we uphold a lot of the Mm -hmm. same values and things like that. But in the same sense, as far as growing up, it was a totally different world and it is a different world. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you can even go to any of their social media accounts, you know what I mean? And like their numbers are so high because like that was so important important for them when they were growing up we had msn messenger in myspace and like facebook came in at the very very end of like when i was in high school so like people were even reluctant to go on facebook because they were all still like gung-ho on myspace and it's like yeah and facebook was actually cool at a certain point your parents weren't on it your aunts weren't on it yes exactly every adult in your life had one it was literally for kids i mean Mm -hmm. 
it was uh, the next MySpace after that kind of fell off the wayside. Right. Like I actually remember being so mad about having to join on Facebook because you were losing all that personalization that you got on MySpace. Like I don't even think like some of our cousins had like a top 10 or any of that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, like I don't think they experienced that. And it's just like it's completely different. Dial up to Wi-Fi, portable, cell phones everywhere. You know what I mean? Like cell phones weren't in like everybody's hands when we were in grade school. Like a very few amount of people had them. And if you did, it was like this big brick that you could play like one game on it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you couldn't do anything on them. So like it is completely different. I remember before the first time I ever had a cell phone, I didn't understand how data worked at that time. And oh my gosh, I remember that big thing. Do you remember the drama the that I charges? Oh my god, that cell phone oh. bill was outrageous though. Like it was like I swear to god $800 because I scrolled through like eight pages worth of ringtones you and didn't I would even listen to order the, the ringtones. You just listened to the no. previews. It was ridiculous. I didn't download them at all. Nope. And then this was my first cell phone. I and I was later in later in life I remember the cell phone too it was one of those pink razor Motorola cell phones (laughs) I was so proud of it I had the Motorola pink razor I felt so hot and so cool I was like this is the it phone it was so tiny and I mean it was like revolutionary at the time (laughs) it was hot pink I actually got the baby pink. You got the baby pink. The baby pink was nicer, in my opinion. Baby pink was so cute. (laughs) So I was feeling really fine. And back then, you actually wanted people to call you. So you spent a lot of time trying to pick a ringtone so that if anyone heard it, they were like, wow, look how cool she is. Right. She's got a great ringtone. Oh, she's so popular. Yeah, she's got great taste. (laughs) So I spent a lot of time just scrolling through ringtones and not downloading them, but just listening to that like 30 second preview to make sure sure it was the perfect one it had to be the right clip of the 30 seconds of the song obviously or else yeah. why would you buy it you know how can people relate to me otherwise if <laughs> I don't spend all this time picking the perfect one and curating my ideal ringtone so my first bill comes in and it's $800 and my dad is like we're canceling your cell phone like 100% yeah. you don't have the maturity to own something like this and I was so mad I remember saying like I didn't do anything I mean every teenager says that but I didn't do anything I didn't download anything and then the person on the phone when I called to argue it said actually just scrolling through the pages of the ringtones whether you listen to them or not just downloading the text name of the song was considered data use and it was like so (laughs) So different than it is now I mean I remember back when I was younger they didn't even call them DMs they were PMs personal messages right all of a sudden I was like when did they start calling them direct messages like I don't understand that's so true I never actually thought about that when like the switch happened but yeah they did used to call them PMs but nope it's a DM now slide into my DMs right I mean I guess it sounds better than slide into my PM like I don't know (laughs) but 
I, I think there is a disconnect, a large one between the millennials and the post millennials. And I mean, really, the generation gap is so large. I even look within the millennial group, 1981 to 1996. It's impossible for me to understand how someone born in 1981 would have the same characteristics as someone born in 1996. I know. It's so strange, honestly. Like, that's such a big gap. But like to consider the fact that they group even more people in with us and then they identify us all with these strange stereotypes to kind of classify us. It's like, how can you really think that every single millennial you come across is going to be lazy or entitled? Like it just, it blows my mind. And it's so offensive, honestly, too, because I truly think that I'm anything but those things. I think every previous generation looks at the next generation as, oh, look at those people. They're all messed up and they're so self-indulgent. But there's been a lot of studies in terms of how millennials as a group generally behave. And some of the uh, misconceptions really about us are so prevalent. They think, like you said, that we're lazy Mm -hmm. and entitled. Another big one is that we're narcissistic because of the selfie age and everything that we do on social media, it seems very self-indulgent. Right. But they've actually done studies to verify that millennials and post-millennials are actually suffering from depression and anxiety and are actually very self-loathing. And the whole social media thing is an affront. Right. You know, I was going to say, like, let's really break these are. down for a second, like these stereotypes, first of all. Like, entitled why? Because we want more from our jobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we expect more than just to be paid and a that's it. Yeah. We want fulfillment. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't consider that no. to be entitled. I consider that to be working for what you believe you deserve. And who doesn't deserve that? You know what I mean? Like to feel fulfilled in what they're doing every day. Mm-hmm. Living for a paycheck is a miserable way to live. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you've ever had to experience that, most people have to go through it at some point. But to have to think about living that way forever is like so daunting. And it's just like, who wants to go through that? So I don't think that's necessarily entitled. It's just wanting more for yourself. What's wrong with that? I think a lot of millennials seek purpose, at least from what I've read Mm -hmm. and from discussions that I've had with people in our generational group. They don't want, like you said, to just do the nine to five, to just get the paycheck and kind of stay at a job for 30 years. In fact, a lot of millennials will bounce from job to job every two to three years Mm -hmm. because they're searching for For purpose or because they're searching for validation from their employer that they're doing a good job and that the work they're doing matters. Right. I think perhaps that can be misconceived as narcissistic or entitled in the wrong sense. But really, at the end of the day, each one of us is trying to make a difference in this world or feel that what we're doing matters. has impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also I don't know what's wrong with that. Exactly. And like even the lazy one, like that one bothers me a lot mm-hmm. too. Like why are we perceived as lazy? Because a lot of us still have to live at home. A lot of us have to live at home because we have no choice. You know what I mean? A lot of us are stuck doing weird jobs because again, we have no choice. We went to school for all the years, got a degree, and now we can't do anything with it. So like, what are we supposed to do at that point? Like, what do you want from us? Like our oh, world is so 
started so different. on useless degrees. Oh my gosh, I know. It's a sensitive spot for you, but I mean, it's so mm-hmm. true. Like, I don't understand what they don't see. Like, the world is different than the world that they were in at our age. It's not as accessible or easy for us to get into these positions because there are none left. The Everybody who's there is still there, so mm-hmm. we can't get in. If we do, we're having to take these internship positions, which are very low paying, which don't make our meet our needs in order to no. survive in today's world. Like my rent is exorbitant. I wouldn't be able to go on an internship where you're not getting paid for a year. Like, well, what would I do? No, and a lot of the times millennials or anyone entering the workforce in this day and age is told it'll be great exposure. It'll be fantastic for your resume. I mean, that doesn't pay my crazy bills. Like no. when I lived in Mississauga, our rent alone was twenty two hundred dollars for a two bedroom condo. It wasn't anything to write home about. No, but that was the cost of living. Right. And like that was the only way to be in the city. Right. Like otherwise mm-hmm. you're having to live outside and then you're paying gas costs and traveling fees. So like there's really just no winning. No, like long gone are the days of, you know, two long respectable gone. adults. <laughs> Long gone are the days. Back in my day, I sound so, <laughs> so old, old, but I feel so old sometimes when I think about it. It's like, you know, back in the boomer generation, two people making average incomes could start a family, they could buy a home, they could retire so at 65 oh my gosh. and live off their pension and be fine. Yeah. That's not that the was reality like the standard. Anymore. Like that was the typical, the norm. Like that's just what people did. And now that is like the dream. That's the difference. It's an unattainable dream for a lot of people, at least without substantial help. I mean, look at the housing market alone. Again, you and I live in the GTA region. It's one of the hottest real estate markets in the nation. Mm -hmm. And yet it's impossible to get into unless you are wealthy or you have parents who are willing to extend themselves to just put you in the market and start to get you started. Yeah. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's literally impossible to break into. You have to go so far outside. I mean, you just went through all of that. And I don't know, like, I truthfully don't know whenever I'm going to be looking to buy a house, probably not until my 30s. But most people in our parents' generation, in their 20s, they were getting houses. In their 20s, they had like three kids. Families. Yeah. Way different. And we've had to adjust, really. We did have to adjust because we were dealt this hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the state of affairs now, right? But it makes me wonder, what do you think is up next or in store for the next generation? Ooh, that's such like a hard question, honestly. It, it's a scary question a little bit for me to think about, too, because that's going to be our kids, our grandkids generation Mm -hmm. and all that coming up, you know, and I'm a little worried for them, to be honest. I think it's a lot harder for kids nowadays than it was when we were growing up. Just with social media alone, like you said, it makes people so depressed and anxious and feel like they're not doing enough. They're not living enough because everybody's putting on a front. Nobody feels good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just feel bad when you're looking at it and like you're so like caught up in the culture and the society of having to be on Instagram and be like the top likes and you know like it's a really vicious culture and I think it's going to do a lot of harm 
to our youth as they're growing up. It's already hard enough growing up. It is. But I mean, you must have realized too, I mean, this was a pilot project that they did only in Canada as far as I'm aware of, but Instagram actually disabled the like counter for pictures in Canada. So you can't see how many likes a certain photo has received unless it's your photo. Right. And I actually love that. Like, not because it matters to me personally, but because I think Mm -hmm. it really does affect a lot of people's self-confidence and self-worth and something like a number shouldn't really be what your whole self-worth is focused on. So if we just remove that from everybody's view, maybe we can kind of put it in the rearview mirror a little bit and maybe we will be moving in a better direction because of little changes like that because they are starting to realize the effects that it's having. Well, that's just it, right? I mean, when you're so focused on the analytics of things versus the actual content that you're putting out, I think the same can be said about any creator, whether you're uploading your selfies or doing a podcast like you and I are, or you have a YouTube channel, I think you can get very lost and very consumed in the numbers. Mm -hmm. When they're not meeting your expectations, you feel like you're failing for some reason, even if you thoroughly enjoy what you're creating. Right. Or you really loved what you're putting out there. You know what I mean? Like if you loved it, that's what should matter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like we said, being inundated, being overwhelmed by all these images and everybody is a Photoshop expert now. Everyone has Facetune on their phones or some app that will allow them to manipulate their photos Mm -hmm to present the very best version or the best modified version of Of themselves. themselves. So everything is in perfect lighting. Everything has, you know, the highlight blinging, blinging. I don't know. (laughs) Blinging, 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 blinging. The highlight is there. But, you know, things are just looking extraordinary. It's not normal life. Like I remember taking pictures when I was younger and it was literally like a crappy Canon digital camera and you didn't spend any time editing the photos. You almost kind of like a real camera hoped you got a good one but only posted your favorite ones. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I look back at some of those photos now and I just laugh and think like, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel so bad for like the generation where they're editing everything and they get rid of all the bad ones you know what I mean and they're like oh don't post that because like those are the pictures that you look back and you really honestly make you laugh and make you smile and just like remember those good times and like I don't know there's just something so authentic about it it's so true like my best friend Brittany who I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast I don't think the two of us have ever taken like a truly attractive or (laughs) you know nice looking photo together yeah because we're always laughing we're just having having such a great time and we're always making a silly face or being caught in the moment and it's often not flattering but it's very representative of who we are together when we get together we do just laugh and we're silly and nothing is off topic and it's kind of raw and you see that in the photos with us together it's not like a posed pretty portrait picture right with all that said though like what do you think for our next generation like what do you think is in store for them with all of the photoshopping and kind of hiding behind this perfect 
facade? What do you think it's going to lead for them? I think it'll end up causing them to continually chase something that may or may not actually be there. I mean, it's so hard to even know if what you're seeing is the real thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, catfishing alone, people make profiles and they just kind of represent themselves a certain way because maybe they don't feel so great about their physical attributes, but they feel like they have something to offer otherwise. But the only way people will engage with them is if they show themselves as this attractive person. Um, Just in general, I think that the next generation is going to struggle in terms of the things we've already talked about with the housing markets, Mm -hmm. with pursuing degrees that may not amount to anything. Uh, Myself personally, not that my degree doesn't mean anything or I didn't take a lot away from it, but I have a neuroscience degree (laughs) and I'm working in life insurance. It's not even in the same realm, not ballpark. It's not even the same sport. Yeah. It's not even close, right? I mean, you never know what the future holds, but for right now no you never know I mean you've been sitting on that degree for a little while now so it's Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more so what our generation is going to be faced with honestly like that's the struggles that we're gonna have to go through but for the next generation I truly hope that they're gonna make modifications based off of what we're going through currently Mm -hmm. and see that there is an issue I mean I have heard that in schools and everything that they are gonna start doing like accounting and financial education which I think is amazing nobody ever told me about taxes or about budgeting or how important it is to stick to your budget or Mm -hmm. anything you know what I mean that's everything I had to figure out on my own trial and error so I hope these little things will help our future generation but I do think our generation is going to struggle quite a bit for the better of them hopefully (laughs) well that's kind of the hope in general I would think if you're a forward-thinking human is that the things that we're going through now will hopefully teach future generations better and that they'll learn from our mistakes they'll learn from our hardships and that overall humanity will progress in some kind of forward way But I do worry. I mean, we're in a crazy time. I mean, don't turn on the news if you're of the faint of heart. There's always something going on. Our environment seems to be crashing and burning before our eyes. More and more scientists are saying it's over. We can't repair this. But at the same token, I think the post-millennial generation is very optimistic, surprisingly, despite and aware. all the turmoil. And aware. Awareness is so key, right? Yeah, so huge. I think that plays a big part because I think for a long time, uh, I'm going to blame our parents' generation, honestly. They had mm-hmm. their heads in the freaking sand. And I don't know what they were doing, but they were just acting like nothing was going on and just caring about their business, making money, doing what they do. And I don't know. In the midst of it, they forgot about our environment and what they're passing down to the rest of us to clean up. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're having to do a lot of the cleanup, but. Like I said, hopefully it leads to a positive future. And I think it will. I think the future is whatever you make of it, right? So, I mean, despite everything, do you think that there's still hope for a happy, comfortable future for these post-millennials in this modern world that we live in? I do, because like I said, I feel like we're going to be cleaning up a lot of the messes and everything over the next few years. But I do think with awareness comes change. 
I mean, it takes a while for that change to actually go into motion and to come into play. But I do think things do start to happen when people collectively come together and start to notice and say, hey, in that sense, there's always hope. And you got to be positive. You got to manifest that beautiful future for our future generations, because otherwise it's all doom and gloom and nobody wants to live in that realm. No, and even talking about it, like, I don't want it to sound as though I view our world that way. Like, I'm at the chapter in my life where I am looking to have children. I wouldn't bring kids into this world if I thought they were just going to get a crap hand, you know, that it was just going to be all turmoil and natural disasters from the crazy (laughs) environment and Lord knows what else consumer debt out the roof like I wouldn't bring kids into a world that I thought was going to be that way for sure so on that note I think we're ready for some random rapid fire fire. Mm -hmm, very exciting and for those of you who don't know I'll quickly explain that random rapid fire is a very strange (laughs) game that Carly and I made up where we ask each other three random questions in rapid succession, and we have to give our raw, unfiltered responses in return. Oh yeah, raw and unfiltered. Exactly. So Carly is going to be in our hot seat first, so get ready. Random rapid fire question number one. What's something that you're really bad at that you think you're really good (laughs) at? Singing. I'm so glad you said singing. I didn't (laughs) want to admit it. It almost hurt to say. It does hurt a little bit, doesn't it? It does. Anyways, friend and rapid fire question number two. If you could be any dessert on the planet, what dessert would you be? Ooh, ice cream. Any particular flavor of ice cream? Mm, Cookies and cream. (laughs) Cookies and cream. Very good. And for the third and final random rapid fire question, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Okay, that's a good one. Um, I'd say open your eyes, close your ears. Mm, Very good. Mm -hmm. Very succinct for 30 seconds, but very good. (laughs) Not too bad, eh? Pretty rapid that time around. Pretty rapid, pretty good. (laughs) All right, so let's put Cassie in the hot seat now. And for question number one, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is probably spiders of the dark. I really can't choose because they both terrify me. Equally terrifying, I agree. Question number two, if you could pick your own name, what would it be? Audrey. Oh, that's a good one. I should have figured that. It is. Yeah, I'll name my daughter Audrey when I have her. Yeah. Okay. And question number three, if you could have any superpower, which would you choose? Flight. I've always wanted to fly. That would be such a good one. flight. I know it's so basic, but I would want to fly. But like with wings, I need wings. Wings? Like what? Wings just come out of your back and what you spread off the ground? There you go. (laughs) Yeah, like retractable. But, you know, I need wings. I don't want to just like fly as my person. I want wings. Now that's a little bit different. I figured you would just be flying as your person, you know, like Superman or Superwoman. But no, this girl's got wings. This girl's got wings, (laughs) quote of the day. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So I hope you enjoyed all that random goodness. And if you did, make sure to follow us on our social medias. That's right. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're TRS underscore podcast 
underscore. Don't forget that random underscore right at the end there. And once you've had a chance to scroll through our Twitter and our Instagram, if you want to catch up on any previous episodes or see what we're up to next, you can follow us on all kinds of podcast listening platforms. Right now, we're on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher, and more to come. Ooh, that's like all the cast right there. There's a lot of cast going on. That's for these a lot of cast. Sisters. So follow us on your favorite platform. Mm-hmm. Leave us a subscribe. Let us know your thoughts and comments on the reviews. And on the episode in general, let us know. Are there random rapid fire questions you want us to ask each other in the upcoming episode or any topics that you've been wondering what our opinions are? And until then, remember, stay real, stay random. <laughs>